Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's show, we have with us a friend of mine named Tim, and he has joined us live in the studio today. And we are going to talk just a little bit about some ghostly encounters that um, my own mother had growing up. And some of these ghostly encounters, she explained to me in detail time and time again. However, she also explained those to Tim time and time again. So what I wanted to do is go over some of those and try to recollect what was said and the differences in things we remember in these very interesting stories that we were both told as we were growing up. Yeah, I've been waiting all week. This sounds uh, like a fun, fun time. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that we can um, figure out what the differences was or are in anything that we may remember or don't remember. Yeah, I was talking about this a week or so ago. My mom, my wife, and I started a conversation around the table, ghost stories all night. (sighs) Does your wife believe in ghosts? Uh, yeah, she has some different thoughts on them, but, uh, but yeah, she does. Okay. Well, my personal belief is I believe that they're demonic in nature, but I mean, we can call them ghosts, but I believe that they're demons in disguise, but that's my personal opinion. So anyway, growing up, you used to come over to the house all the time. You spent a lot of time over there and you talked a lot with my mother about different things. And I know she told you all of these stories all the time. So what are some of the things you remember that she told you? Well, I remember most of them came from that house that she lived up in Washburn, Missouri. Uh, she had several siblings and mother, I remember her talking about her mom and her siblings and all of them pretty much having their own specific or different encounters with different things. Um, One I remember that uh, we had mentioned before was the the old man and old woman that they continued to see over and over and over again. I remember one old man, she said, was always standing behind the stove. So they would walk through the living room, boom, he's standing behind the stove. Um, Several times, you know, walk through and always see him. The lady that I remember her talking about, or one of the ladies in that same area would just walk through the room. So they would see the man standing behind the stove and a lady walk through the living room. Uh, I don't remember her ever uh, saying that they saw them anywhere else in the house, just those two or that specific room in those areas. Right. Now, I I remember that same thing, and I had called these two the silent pair, Mm -hmm. is what I call them. And I remember they said that these this couple would just somehow appear and would stand sometimes behind a wood-burning stove, and then, like you said, maybe walk somewhere across Mm -hmm. the room and disappear and never said anything right? and just never really – I remember them being described as like kind of grayed out. Like it couldn't, they weren't like the same color as a normal person. They were almost gray is what I remember. But yeah, I, she never said they had any interaction with them. They would just see them 
Now, I don't, I don't remember her ever saying we tried to talk to them, uh, but there was no, no interaction. Uh, but if I remember right, she said her and sisters, uh, several of them saw these same people. Yes. Yes. I remember, um, I was, I was told a story that the, the dad, which would be my grandpa at one point, um, was doing a lot of drinking and this silent pair <laughs> showed up behind the stove and he told to get out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to get out, so he went and got a shotgun and aimed it over. Was you know went to go uh-huh. get the shotgun, and by the time he, of course, he got back, then they were gone. So, okay. yeah. So now, like you said, now all this took this all this took place in a haunted house up in Missouri, mm-hmm. where um, you know my mother grew up. So this is this is taking place in Missouri years ago. So pretty interesting stuff there. Um, but that's just one of the many. Now, as, as, you, as far as you said that the woman in this silent pair, mm-hmm. um, my mother told me that that woman would end up in the closet in the oh, back. Okay. okay. And so they would go to the closet and open up the closet. Mm-hmm. And this lady was standing in the closet just staring. And she was dressed in like a, colonial look you mm-hmm. know really old fashioned clothing mm-hmm. and sometimes she would exit the closet and then walk out the front door okay. or sometimes she would walk in like this silent pair one would go in and stand behind the stove the guy mm-hmm. but the woman would continue and walk and disappear and then would later be seen in the closet oh okay hmm. so never Got said it. a word never did anything right. just disappear so. And that uh, seems to be a theme of a lot of the people they would see around that house outside was the colonial look or from that time period. Yeah. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> one of the other things she said, she remembered, which I call the colonial scene, mm-hmm. is they would, they would look outside and see lots of people outside at tables having like a giant dinner. Mm-hmm. And these people would be dressed in really old-fashioned clothing with women in dresses and, like, horses and buggies. And it seemed they were having a giant dinner on tables just out in a field mm-hmm. and then later on would just disappear. Right. So. Like a wedding or a polo gathering or something going on out there where there'd be a bunch of people dressed like that uh, outside, an outside function. Yeah, so I guess you remember that one as well, don't you? I remember us talking about it. I don't remember her specifically. I don't remember hearing that from her, but I remember that story. So I don't remember where that story came from, um, whether it was just us talking or actually her telling us about it. All right. Well, um, do you remember the story which I call the little green man? Mm -hmm. I know you remember that one, right? Mm -hmm. What do you remember about the little green man? Uh, it seems like maybe that t- took place with her little brother. Like he was the one to to always see the, the little green man. Now, a story that I remember specifically about a the little green man, this flash forward to her telling us about some people that lived in that house after they lived there. And she told me that the there were two parents and a little 
boy, I believe, and he was hanging out or looking out the second story window, talking over and over, almost falling out the window. And when the parents would come up there and go, get back in here, what are you doing? He would say, there's a little green man calling me out there. So it was the same little green man I heard a little bit about from what would be your uncle. But that story came from people living in the house afterwards and them seeing the same thing or that little boy seeing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that story as well. And she um, talked about this little green man. Apparently, yes, it did haunt or bother one of her little brothers more than it did her said that this little green man would apparently jump on you and scratch you at times and would show up and like, I guess, jump around on your bed and other things. But uh, did, I don't think it bothered her. It more bothered her, her, the younger ones. Mm-hmm. She was one of the older ones at the time. And it would bother the younger kids. And I don't remember if it was the little green man, but I remember something always, uh, she said something was always tugging at the little boy, uh, her brother, uh, his pants or his shorts. Um, he would look down and always say <laughs> it, it was pestering him or bothering him by tugging on his pants um, all I, the time. I believe that was that little green man. Okay. I think that was a little green man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never seen little green man, but now I've wondered like, because when they say little green man, is it a, an adult man in a green suit? Is it a Casper looking thing or maybe something from Ghostbusters green right. ghost that way? What, what did this man look like? Was it an actual man or a little boy, uh, but a green man? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I never got a really accurate description. I guess I should have said, Hey, can you draw that? <laughs> right. I mean, does it look like a dwarf, right. you know, with like right. a little pointed hat on, or does it look like a little man, like the, the jolly green giant only miniature? Right. Right. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's never. funny, but in my mind, I'm imagining like a, a game show host in a suit <laughs> and he's green <laughs> and bothering you and pestering you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I've always pictured like a little bitty tiny man like you would see on, I don't know, some movie, like a little bitty dwarf, mm-hmm. like, a, a, like a garden gnome is what I'm picturing, right. only solid green. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had got a better description like of that. A, a troll, I guess. A troll. Something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Something like that. Well, um, I also remember what I call the ape man, which was a shadow they never actually saw the creature according to what i remember but they would go outside to you know they had an outhouse and if the moonlight was behind the house and you could see the shadow of the house Mm -hmm. cast out onto the yard as she said they could see what looked like a ape some Mm -hmm. kind of a creature that was bent over with long arms walking back and forth along the roof line you could see its shadow but they never saw it. Yeah. It seems like um, they would say that they could see it dragging, like dragging its arms. Like you said, an ape 
ape man or something just going back and forth in between two chimneys or something on the end of the houses so they would just see it in the moonlight uh the shadow of the moonlight on the ground just kind of dragging its arms or you know bent over and dragging from one side to the other and i don't remember if she said if they ever actually turned to look up there or maybe they just saw it on the ground in the shadow and were just too scared to turn around and look up at it um well i remember a story where they said they took a gun out there Mm -hmm. and jumped off of the porch to look up and possibly shoot whatever was up there Mm -hmm. and of course there's nothing ever there so there was when when they did try to look, it was always gone. Oh, okay. So it was never seen. So we don't know if it was an ape man, but we just know it's all it was ever seen was the shadow of this right. creature of, right. or whatever it was. So because there again, when they when she would tell that story, I really never thought of an ape. I always had a gargoyle uh that was always the image that i had when she would tell that story of it kind of bent over and crossing and the fact that it was up on the roof and so in my mind it was maybe something that could fly Mm -hmm. or it it was for some reason how how to get on the roof so that was my when i look when i in my imagination i see it it's almost have have wings and it's moving back and forth like that uh, that's interesting because I've I've always imagined it in my head like a Bigfoot mm-hmm. bent over with long arms, mm-hmm. like shaggy looking. Right. That's how I've imagined it in my head. Right. So I that's why I called it the ape man. Right. So I thought oh, it must be an ape, but mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, never got never got a really perfect description of it. Right. Just a shadow. Yeah. Yeah. With so, uh, them talking about the two chimneys and on the roof and all that, to me, just scream gargoyle so that's the image i always had in my head every time i heard the story well i mean that kind of you know throws a little bit of a you know a little bit of a spin on Uh if you're like well i had a gargoyle on my roof (laughs) right right (laughs) you know (laughs) you know well now i've always tied this in to what they would call what she called growling at the door Mm -hmm. so basically following this and this may not have anything to do with it but um they would sometimes want to go outside to go to the outhouse at night of course Mm -hmm. and at the door they would go to open the door and the door would like lunge towards them like something pushing the door Mm -hmm. and then they would hear this this horrible growling and like whatever it was was like scratching and pushing on the door now they never saw it either Mm -hmm. but they said it sounded large and very powerful and would try to push the door open and she would say her and her brother would try to hold the door and push it and push it back and lock it Mm -hmm. and then sometimes they couldn't go outside that night if this growling happened Mm -hmm. because they didn't know what was on the porch not allowing them to exit the house Mm -hmm. Something so. similar I remember her talking about was maybe the back door, but they would hear that scratching or something knocking, scratching, and they would blame it on the little brother because they would be, maybe it was a kitchen area because they were all congregated in the area and they would hear knocking scratching something going on at the door too. And they would yell at him to stop and get in there and, 
eat dinner or whatever they were doing. So they would tell him, stop, stop. But he would come from another room and say, what are you all talking about? I'm over there in the in the bedroom or, or wherever. And then the noise wouldn't be there anymore. And so they continued to blame him for it, even though he came from a completely different direction. Yeah. Yeah, that, that just blows my mind. I mean, you're living in a haunted house. <laughs> Stuff happens all the time. Right. And so you hear scratching on the back door and you yell at your brother to stop (laughs) when he's sitting over here. And it's like, well, I think you might've done it. It's like, you're living in a haunted house. Why would you assume any person is doing anything? Let's just assume it's one of the 50 things that we've experienced today. Right. Right. Let's just assume it's a cargoyle. (laughs) Hey, where are my car keys? Oh, cargoyle. It's okay. Seeing this couple, you know, walking through the kitchen and something scratching around on the roof but you little brother (laughs) knock it off yeah knock it off i I know it was you that did this (laughs) it's you that scratched up that paint right right so yeah it wasn't the gargoyle it was you (laughs) uh back to you talking about that yard um the festivities happening out in the front yard or out in the yard um and I remember a little bit of this. I think you remember a lot more of this about the car pulling in the driveway all the time. Uh, really, all I remember about that is seeing the headlights turn in and nothing. And maybe just turn in and nothing. Uh, they would answer the door. Or they would go to the door, if I remember right, thinking, hey, somebody's coming to our house. Is yes. that what you remember about it? Yes. Um, basically, obviously, for, first of all, let's get the scenario here. There, there's a bunch of girls there. She had a bunch of sisters mm-hmm. and they're all dirt poor. Um, the dad works out of town. So my grandpa worked out of town for Boeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was gone all the time. So it was the mother, a couple of young sons and all these girls there. And uh, so they've got, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in Missouri mm-hmm. And so they see a couple of headlights coming down the road. They're like, oh, somebody's coming to visit us. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't even have a car. They were just stuck out there. So they were like, well, man, somebody's coming to visit us. And they'd see these headlights coming up the driveway. And then they're all like excited saying, oh, either dad's home or, you know, maybe some boys coming to visit us, right. something. But, hey, we've got somebody in a car driving up here. So right. we're excited because, you know, we don't have a car. And, you know, we, we live, you know, very poorly back then. Mm-hmm. And so it's like all of a sudden it shows up and then just the lights go out and there's no car. Right. And they're like, well, we thought it was a car pulling up the driveway. So I don't know if it was headlights off a car, let's say, or, or maybe those orbs of light. Like Mm -hmm. people say, they see these spook lights. Mm -hmm. So was it a couple of spook lights floating up the road and they were just assumed it was headlights because I remember her saying that the lights were way bigger than a normal car. Okay. And so they always thought that it was like a really old car with really big headlights Mm -hmm. like you see in tvs you know on the tv like some giant round headlights like on a mercedes or something and i don't really ever remember them saying they heard the car or they heard anything maybe they would just see those lights shining and because i've had experience seeing a couple of spook lights uh they actually do i have seen some that actually look like a headlight coming straight toward you and it'll get brighter and brighter, just like a car pulling up to you. And then all of a sudden, it'll go back 100 more feet backwards and become small again. And just keep coming towards you like a 
headlight of a car. So if there were a couple of them and, or maybe that's what they compared it to because that's what they would think it is a car, but I don't ever remember them um, saying that they heard anything. Yeah. I don't remember them saying they heard anything either. Just saw these lights. Of course, that's interesting because, you know, I never really thought about it possibly as being spook lights. Mm -hmm. And it was just here recently that I did a podcast with a guy who talks about these different orbs of light mm -hmm. that he, one floated in to where his grandmother was sick in bed and she died that night. Right. Yep. And it was according to maybe his great grandma, but according to his grandpa, I think it was, this thing was just hovering under her bed like all night long. Mm -hmm. And they, they would go in there and see it under the bed. And it's one of those real old high beds. And they finally just shut the door and was like, well, right. just, just don't even look. And the next morning, the grandma's dead. And supposedly within a week or so later, um, they saw another one of these things floating over a cow. Mm -hmm. And the next morning, that cow um, had been trying to give birth that night, and it and the calf were both dead. Right. So this particular guy, and I have, I have a podcast on that, he, he doesn't have a very fond memory or recollection right. of the spook lights. Seems like something's always you know dying or something right. bad is happening however you've seen spook lights mm -hmm. i mean we've went looking for spook lights i've yep. never saw one but you've seen spook lights and nothing bad yeah. has ever no and we don't know what transpired at your mom's house after they saw that light uh, I mean, we know they saw it, but we don't know if that was before these other things, after these other things. If shortly after that someone passed away, I don't know the time frame of when they saw these lights or if they happened over and over or they just saw them uh, one particular week it happened a bunch or something like that. I don't really know how many times they saw the, those lights. Yeah, I the way I remember, if I remember right, it was multiple times over several years. Okay. It wasn't like every night or anything. It'd right. be like about the time you've totally forgot about it and like, oh, yeah, and just moving on with your life. Then about the time you've completely put it out of your mind, here comes a couple of lights up the driveway. Right. So, oh, hey, you've got another customer. You know, somebody's showing up. Got right. a visitor. And, and there's nobody. By the time you've got all this other stuff going on, <laughs> right. you've totally forgot about the lights. Yeah, the lights is just so <laughs> insignificant. At that point. Right. It's like, you know, you scratching could, and growling that took precedence yeah. over some little lights. So. Yeah, little green men right. scratching you and pulling on your clothes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, um, let's see. So, how about, do you remember? I've got it written down here. The gray boy by the spring. Now, you remember some spring stories, don't you? Yeah, I remember the water stories. Um, well, on the, on the backside of that, so we know what the water is, they did not have running water in their house. Okay. Down the hill from their house. Now, this house, okay, is situated next to a cemetery mm -hmm. on one side, and on the backside is, goes down a hill to a natural spring and a pond area mm -hmm. where they drew their water so any water that they use they went down and had to draw it out of the spring okay so they're all the time going down the hill to get the water from the spring okay. so that's what they're doing down there to begin with you know it's obviously a daily probably hourly right. thing when right. you've got a house full of women and you need water and right. the water's you know in the backyard 
I don't remember a gray boy story. I remember two things about the water area. I remember what I think is the little boy again. I mean, the your uncle um, getting pushed in the water. Now, I don't remember if they saw what pushed him in. I just remember a story about him or one of the other siblings getting pushed into that water. Uh, maybe once, maybe multiple times. But I remember one time them getting pushed in the water. And there must have been a, a dock or a deck or something built out onto the water because I remember them talking about hearing a, a loud knocking down there and they would hear it really loud at nighttime and it sounded like someone was knocking on that dock, hitting it with a stick or something really loud just over and over through the night. Yeah, I, I remember that as well. It uh, What I remember about that is, yes, I can't remember who, and it may have even happened to my mother, but basically she said that you would never go down to the spring alone because if you went down there alone, sometimes as you were bent over to bent to, you know, bent down to draw water out of this small little reservoir here out of the spring, something would physically push you into the water. And so of course you turn around, there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. So this happened apparently over and over and over. But if you went with somebody, you usually didn't get pushed, pushed in. And so the other thing was, like you said, they constantly heard like a knocking, like a rapping on wood, like almost somebody hammering, right. endlessly hammering. And so when you start walking down to the spring, you'd start hearing the hammering. Even though there was nobody around, there's nothing there, you constantly hear hammering. And, and yeah. what was the, the gray boy down by the water? Well, this happened. The gray boy was... Apparently there's a tree down there. Of course, it's, you know, it's in the woods anyway, but there's trees and multiple times they would look down there and see what they thought was their little brother running around that tree playing mm -hmm. and they would, and he wouldn't reply when they'd say, Hey, come to the house. So they would go down to get him. And by the time they would get a little closer, they would see that this wasn't a normal person. It was just one of these gray looking people. And then it would just vanish. Mm -hmm. And uh, this ties into one time, which I heard from my father, um, when he had met my mother and was dating her, he would go out to that particular place mm -hmm. and hang out and spend the night down there or whatever. You know, this is, you know, this is probably in the fifties or something. And so uh, he would, uh, he said that he was headed down the hill and the little brother was next to him. And he was talking to him the whole time, telling him about stuff. And he never got a reply, but he was, you know, whatever they were talking about all the way down there. So by the time he realized he got to the bottom of the hill, you know, he realized that he was doing all the talking. So he went over there to look, mm -hmm. you know, and to find out why he never got a reply. And it actually wasn't the brother. It was one of these gray boys, mm -hmm. as I call it, which mm -hmm. once, you, once you actually get to look and then you realize you're not talking to a person. Right. It's just something different with, and then just disappears. So he had been communicating or what he thought was communicating mm -hmm. with this person, the whole trail down there. And then it's, it's one of these gray entities that <laughs> standing beside right. him and walking right along beside him the whole way. And he didn't catch on to that. Hmm. And of course that just talking about your dad going over there, jogged a little memory about those lights 
I remember your mom saying that she thought it was maybe him coming to get her. Now that makes sense. Uh, the, talking about your dad going over there, uh, just it made me remember that. Like, seems like one time or the time that she was talking about, she thought it was him coming to pick her up. So I don't know if that was the age they were at, but just now that's kind of uh, something that entered my mind that I remember her saying that one time or the time she's talking about, she thought it was him coming to pick her up. That's that so could be. Yeah. I just remember that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember exact dates or times, but I know that she was very young, mm-hmm. you know, before eighteen. So she was probably fifteen or sixteen whenever they were dating, something like that. Yeah, and she was one of the oldest of the girls, so all the other ones were younger. Right. So I guess if your dad's over there, I mean, it makes sense he might have driven over there. Yeah. So they, when they saw those lights, thought it was him coming or something. Yeah. Now, as far as I remember her saying that my dad didn't believe any of that stuff. Right. And she also said majority of the time when he would show up, of course, you know, this is a different, this is a different era that we're living in that they were living in, Mm -hmm. but apparently he would travel there from wherever he lived at the time, which I don't even know where that was at and would stay like the weekend. Right. So, cause you know, that you don't just run into town like we do here now to McDonald's where there's no McDonald's anywhere near. Yeah anything like that. So they're just kind of, they kind of just stay there. I remember her saying that every time he would show up, Mm -hmm. everything would subside Mm -hmm. and nothing would happen. Mm. And so she would tell him what was happening, but anytime he was there, nothing ever happened, but just like two times towards the end. And one of them was him speaking to this gray boy. Mm -hmm. And then he still didn't believe it. He was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it was the brother or something and just ran away and mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't accept it. And the only other one I remember is the one I call the ax man. And he was in bed, you know, he was in some little room there asleep mm-hmm. and said that he was laying in bed and somebody crawled over him. And he thought it was my mother mm-hmm. sneaking into bed with him. Right. Okay crawled over him and he went to turn to see and he was completely paralyzed like frozen and he was unable to move at all and it was like some kind of sleep paralysis where mm-hmm. you can't move and he say looked up and there was an axe literally hovering like above his head mm. and this axe went up as if to chop right and came down and stopped like right on his face okay. and then he was so paralyzed with fear and he closed his eyes. And when he opened it, the ax was gone and then he was able to move again. Mm-hmm. Of course he got up and was scared to death. Right. And I think he moved to the couch or something, but, and then he told my mother this and she said, see, this is the kind of stuff that's going on in here. Right. And then he said, well, you know, it was just a bad dream. Hmm. So he, he played it off later as a horribly horrific nightmare. Nothing more. Hmm. So he, Bad dream or the little brother saying seem to blame him for everything else. Right. Hey, was your brother in here swinging an axe around in my head again? Tell your little brother to put that axe right. down. Well, he he's not even here tonight. Oh well, okay. Hmm. So he he was in complete denial about the whole thing because right. I spoke to him years later and he said, "Nah, none of that ever happened. It's all made up and it's all just bad dreams." Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. Anyway, so, yeah, so he was in denial on it, but that does not mean that it didn't happen because I also talked to 
um, my mother's brother, and he corroborated all those stories. He had even more stories that he wouldn't tell. And later on in life, um, he told me, he said, oh, yeah, that stuff happened and, and more and stuff that I can't even talk about. Hmm. So I think what had happened is there was, like I said, there were several kids, let's say five or six kids, and each one of them had similar things that happened, but each one got their own dose of something. Right. So some of them got stuff happened to them that they would, you know, that they don't even want to talk about. Right. They're like, I can't, I can't even repeat it. So who knows what will happen. Mm -hmm. um, but these are just the ones that my mother told that happened right. to her. So uh, one of the other ones she mentioned all the time, I called the demon bull. But she said that a neighbor, I think it was a neighbor, had a bull in a pen and, uh, in a, you know, and fenced off. And when they would go to school, they walked to school, of course, that they could cut through this farmer's field and shave off about 15 or 20 minutes if you cut through instead of having to walk all the way around mm -hmm. this property. So the problem is there was a bull out there in that field, and she said that she thinks that whatever was affecting this property out there was affecting the mind of that bull mm. because the bull would literally go insane if you, if you even tried to cross the fence. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't see the bull, they'd go ahead and try it. And then here would come the bull and mm -hmm. chase them down and try to literally kill you. She said if, if the bull had ever caught them, of course, with the horns, mm -hmm. it would have gored you to death. It would have, it would have killed you. Right. So it was like life or death on that. And they said that the bull didn't behave naturally. Hmm. Now, I have since heard of other bulls that are, you know, done that. Just right. a normal farmers have a wild bull. Yeah. But I don't know that they'll purposely hunt you down and try to kill you you know right. i mean i don't and know And some of that could have been little kids imagination i mean they could have uh, been yeah i mean they're crossing a field with a bull so of course it's you know right. wild and crazy because it's a bull and it's running around the field yeah so she says they did get chased down by the bull and mm -hmm. luckily they got out in time hmm. so that was interesting deal mm -hmm. <clears throat> um one of the other ones that I remember, she she told me about, I call this premonitions, but she would tell me that she would have a dream that she would be in bed asleep. Um, it's winter outside, and she had this vivid dream that her mother, which would be my grandmother, would walk into the room. She would open the curtains, and she'd look outside, and she'd say, oh, look, it's starting to snow. Mm -hmm. And then she would walk over somewhere else in the house. No, no, she didn't. No, no she, she'd say, it's snowing outside. Oh, look, it's starting to snow. Then she would walk over to my mother and choke her to death, mm -hmm. tried mm -hmm. to choke her to death. Yep. And she would wake up while she's being choked. And then she woke up, and, oh, it's just a dream. And she said about that time, then the grandma would walk in, mm -hmm. walk to the window, look out the window and say, oh, my, it's starting to snow and turn towards her. And that's when they would do, they would completely freak out and be like, get away from me, you know? Yeah. And she's like, what's wrong? What's the matter? Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> uh, the, the way I remember it, her mom would walk down the hall, stoke the fire. Stoke the fire. That's right. Either walk to her then and choke her and walk to the window and say, oh, look, it's snowing. And then she woke up and right then, oh, as she's walking down the hall, she was pulling her her sleeve up or, or her nightgown up over her shoulder 
and then she stoked the fire and then did one of those. But after she woke up, here comes her mom, stokes the fire, walks over and looks at her, but she's awake. And then walks over to the window and says, oh, look, it's snowing. So your mom's told me that she feels like had she been asleep, her mom would have killed her. Yeah. And then later on, she, after years, she started, she said that she started believing that maybe that wasn't her mom at all. Like it was, uh, it looked like her mom, but it was real, whatever it was. The, the second time she had the dream or the the premonition of it, but then whoever really did walk down the hall and look at her and then look over to the window and say, look, it's snowing come to find out, or she believes now or then that maybe it wasn't her mom at all. It right. was just something else. There. It was one of these things. It wasn't grayed out though. Right. It was in full color right. this time. Yep. And it, and it, she feels like had she not woken up, that it would have choked her for real. It may have choked her to death. Yep. Well, that's interesting because it's been way since that time. You know, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about a lot of these stories that my mother used to tell. But when I was um, doing some work at um, a hospital in Tahlequah, um, there was a person there, and it's a lab tech. It was a, it was a lady who's a lab tech from another country, and she was telling me that where she used to work in this other country, and I can't remember where it was at, but uh, she worked with a guy who was another lab tech and she would go down there at many different times. And this was in the basement. The lab was, Mm -hmm. and she said she would see her because they would work in pairs and she would see this partner of hers over there looking into a microscope Mm -hmm. and he's in his lab coat and everything. And she would say, Hey, she would, she would ask him questions, but he would never answer. And she's like, hey, I need this, 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 or this. And he would just be standing over there. And she's thinking, well, maybe maybe he can't can't hear me or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. And so in this particular time, he was down there. And he was walking around. He was doing stuff. Would never look at her, but she could see him. And he wouldn't reply either. And so he's he, he turns his back to her, and he's looking in the microscope. Well, she goes upstairs to the break room, and he's in the break room. Hmm. And she's like, how did you get in the break room? You weren't you just down there? And he's like, well, no, I've been in the break. I've been on break for 20 minutes up here. She's like, well, who's down there in a lab coat looks just like mm-hmm. you looking in the microscope. Goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. goes back down. And of course it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so she said that this, it's like a doppelganger of some, or I guess was what you'd call it. Right. But like a twin. So whatever these things are is they will mimic people. Right. They look just like them. And we'll fool the person, and you might be sitting there talking to them, but, and, but they never seem to reply, at least mm-hmm. this one didn't. So she said this thing would walk around down in the basement all the time and looking like other people. Hmm. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't realize it wasn't the person until later on, like that person didn't even show up to work today, right. or that person's in the break room. So anytime the person would go to the bathroom or go to the break room, all of a sudden this other one would appear and be milling around mm-hmm. doing their job. Hmm. And it's like, well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, right. that that stuff happens and so, yeah, she doesn't even she doesn't even believe it's her own mother. Right. Right. So, anyway, so obviously this kind of stuff happens. It right. has happened to other people. Mm-hmm. And like this lady here, you know, she's working as a lab technician, you know, she's she is a medical lab tech technician she has no reason to lie about it and just says yeah these these this thing happened all the time where i'm from Mm -hmm. 
Now I'm so. going to have to think about that because, you know, we have many ghost stories and different things that we have heard and encountered and done. So I'm going to have to have to think back uh, different things and see if I've heard of other people having that same experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously, even if you don't believe in ghosts per se or any of this stuff, mm-hmm. let's say you're just a strictly Bible guy. I mean, the Bible says in scripture that people have entertained angels unaware. Hmm. So when you read that particular stuff, basically what it's telling you is, and in all throughout the Bible, angels have appeared as men and people thought they were men, right? but they weren't. They just took on an appearance Mm -hmm. and it goes on to say that you may have entertained angels unaware. You don't even know you're talking to an angel. And as they walk away around the corner, they're, they're gone. And you're like, Oh, I'm just talking to some dude now. No, you weren't. Mm -hmm. So this is even in the Bible. This is happening. And that goes to the people who have flat tires on the road and some mysterious person shows up to help them change Mm -hmm. it. And the, the stories you hear of of people doing good deeds and then they're just not there anymore. Yeah, I think like that's that. probably the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, stoking the fire and choking somebody out. I don't know. <laughs> right. yeah, that's not really a good deed by right. any means. <laughs> <laughs> a little different in that. Uh, a little different. <laughs> whatever was going on that night. A little so. different on that one. <laughs> but uh, talking about uh, that that house and just a, a different different story here but i remember uh we were talking about the outhouse and kind of how old the house was or or the poor family um but i remember she said one of their actual bedrooms was dirt i mean it had a dirt floor it had a dirt floor yeah so they had an outhouse a dirt floor so it kind of brings us back to what time that you know in life that was or whatever and i'm not sure if it's the dirt floor room but i always think of it as as that room with the dirt floor uh she said there was one room that there were always flies in like like you see out of a horror movie where the room is just full of flies and they never could you know they'd scatter them out get them out of there but time and time again they would go into that room and it's just full of flies you know unusual amount in that one particular room uh I don't remember her saying any story about that room or anything different about the room other than there were tons and tons of flies, like out of a movie, just full of flies in that one room. Mm. Well, you know, I mean, any of those horror movies you do watch about some kind of demonic activity, Mm -hmm. lots of times there's flies involved. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of flies like in the movie. I, I can't even remember the names of the movies, but... The one that the house, the haunted house, the uh, horror on the uh, something. Is that Amityville? Amityville horror. Okay. Yeah, I think there was tons of flies in that mm-hmm. one, and right swarming and all the, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. uh, that's probably you know. Of course, she's telling these stories before a lot of these movies that came out. Yeah, right. So it's not like she's copying the movie. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her. Yeah, because these. These stories she's talking about, even though they do show a lot of that stuff in the in the movie, that was way back before these movies were made. Yeah. Now, you were telling me when we were talking about before we did this um, podcast, you were saying you remembered the fact. I remember the house was built next to a graveyard. Mm-hmm. 
So there's a, some type of a cemetery out there. And the only really thing I remember about the cemetery is my mom said that there were lots of concrete tombs. Mm-hmm. Some of them like were above ground. And right. I don't know why they would do that. You know, I mean, I've seen it in really old stuff. Mm-hmm. But she said that her and her brother and some of the other ones decided to try to slide one of the lids off one time. Right. And if I remember the story right, they slid part of the lid off of a grave of a little girl hmm. and that hadn't that died at a very young age. And they saw a part of a doll in there, like hmm. the head of a doll. Mm-hmm. And just the looks of a doll being buried with, and they didn't see a corpse or anything, right. but they saw the doll and it just really, really freaked them out and they were scared and they pushed it back on hmm. and never did that again. Mm-hmm. So, but you remember something else about, don't you? Uh, I think what I remember, and this is because years ago, you and I went to your aunt's house that lived a mile down the road from where this location was and she talked about a cemetery being in the backyard, uh, but she talked like that one was a really little cemetery because people would just, you know, trek through the woods and go look at that little cemetery. Uh, but it was almost like right in the backyard of that of that house. Listening or remembering your mom talk about going to the cemetery, it seemed like maybe that was a different cemetery. So I don't know if the one in the backyard had the actual tomb or if it was down the road, because it seems like they would talk about going down the road to that cemetery and opening the lids. I don't remember the doll or any of that, but I remember them talking about getting in that tomb or getting in that thing. I don't know if they closed it up over themselves when they were in there or not, but I remember them talking about climbing into that thing. So, and I, like I said, I don't know if that's the one in the backyard or one down the road because it seems like she would say it was down the road, but talking to your aunt, she did describe a little, little cemetery being in that backyard. So I don't know if those are the same cemetery or they're different. Uh, not sure. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not unsure. I'm, I'm not sure on that either. They may have been trekking, you know, walking to another cemetery. Mm-hmm. But I do remember saying it's like a little bitty one in their backyard, like a family right. from previous families, not their family, somebody's right. family. And so maybe her mentioning that there was a cemetery in the backyard doesn't necessarily mean that was the cemetery what they were, you know, trying to break into and look inside tombs and crawl inside tombs, maybe a completely different one. Right, right. That's a possibility. Either way, that could bring a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of things to your house. Saying, "Stop crawling around in our grave!" <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Exactly. Popping tops off tombs and hopping inside. Right. Yeah, that's probably not the thing I'd be wanting to do. I remember uh, this just popped in. I remember talking about this the other day, but I remember her always talking about your grandma always scrubbing the kitchen floor. Uh, I think it was the kitchen floor, but always scrubbing something off of the floor. Like she would always, the kids would always walk in there and mom was always on her hands and knees scrubbing something off the floor. Like I wouldn't say frantically scrubbing it, but always constantly trying to get something off of that kitchen floor. 
I don't remember what that was, but I remember she always talked like it was something really odd that always there was something in the middle of that kitchen floor or something that her mom was always trying to scrub off. Um, later on, we find out, or we, if you remember that there was carvings, that house, this is how I remember it. When they left there, that house got tore down for whatever reason it got tore down. So in that wood that that house was built with, they found a bunch of carvings in like, I don't know, hieroglyphics or what, what kind of carvings they were, but a bunch of carvings in the wood that that house was built with. So that always made all these stories make sense to me that there was something, I don't know, let's say witchcraft or something going on in that house that that uh, that that house was built with a bunch of wood, you know, that had been carved. Whatever that was on the kitchen floor, the mom is always trying to scrub off. Like in my mind, is some kind of design on the floor or something that, right, like a pentagram yes, or something. I mean, that's exactly what enters my head. That your grandmother's always trying to scrub that off the floor. Now, where that came from, I don't know. But and then all this other activity in that house always just makes me think that something happened before they were in that house. Now, I don't know if they built that house, but whoever built that house brought that stuff to the house. That's, that, that's my, my thought. My theory on it is that that stuff is all happening in that house because of whatever that house was built of. Yes. I, I remember that as well. My uncle had told me that, when the house was being tore down years ago after they had moved out of it and they'd moved on and whoever they knew or something that, you know, I'm, I don't know if they owned the house or what, but the house was being tore down. He was there and he said that a lot of the lumber had pentagrams, all kinds of weird symbols carved and etched into it, burned into it. He said that up in the attic of that thing, there was like a little bitty tiny there was like a little bitty tiny room up there at the very far end that had just a little door on it mm-hmm. that they thought was like an access to maybe the chimney or something, that something was built up there. He said, but after the house was tore down, that was actually had a little bitty tiny room in there, and there was burned candles in that room, stuff hmm. etched, like, you know, etched onto the walls. Mm-hmm. And he said something about even a Ouija board being stuffed down like – inside of one of the walls from up there so as if somebody had been up there using it maybe years and years ago and then kind of just stuffed it down in between the studs Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and apparently the the neighbors or the cousins or somebody that lived there close by i remember them talking my mother talking about them always playing with an ouija board Mm -hmm. these kids used it as a game Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know where they got it, if it was homemade or what. But uh, And I remember uh, them talking about the house being tore down and it had all that stuff in the wood. Then the story back to the people who moved, moved in afterwards because they rebuilt the house or built a house on that location. And this is the boy that saw the little green man out the window. I remember them saying that house burned down. So... The house that sits there now, I guess this is even many, many years after that, but the house that sits there now is maybe the third house that's 
been on that property. Uh, the first one was a mom, your mom, the one your mom lived in tore down. Some people moved into the next one or built one. The kids or who knows if the parents had experiences in it too, but somehow that house burned down and, uh, last time that you and I were driving by there to go to your aunt's house, there was still, there was a house sitting there. So I don't know if the something's going on in the house right now, but there. <laughs> right. Well, I remember one of the reasons we had driven up there is because we were told that that particular house is always vacant and nobody would ever stay in the house. Oh, okay. And it had, was a newly built home. Right. And when it was built, it was a really big, nice new home. Right. And it was vacant and went through because a lot of things were still going on mm -hmm. is the assumption, even though the new owners would never talk about it. Right. And to like to this day, it's this big vacant house sitting there. Right. Yeah, I remember, of course, it was nighttime, but we were driving by on the way to your aunt's house. And we talked to her about it. I don't remember if she said anybody was living there or not. I remember her saying she was too young to remember any of those stories. She just remembers the other kids talking about all the stories, but she doesn't didn't really remember too many of them, but that her kids and friends like to run up to that cemetery, that little cemetery in the backyard and always come back scared, you know, just going up there for ghost hunting and stuff. Um, but I don't remember if, if we saw somebody living in there or I don't remember. I vaguely remember what the house looked like, but I don't remember if it was, looked occupied or not yeah i don't remember it seemed like it had a fence around it didn't it yeah didn't have like a big chain link fence around it around the yard or something yeah it i mean almost like people are like hey don't go near this house so we've got a big fence around it yeah it looked like like a uh like something you would see in mexico like uh i mean this is how i remember it like a two-story uh square big house with the a uh, stucco fence, like a stucco fence with not razor wire on the top, but some kind of fencing on the top. Basically, you know, where the gates are the only thing you can drive in and out through, something like that. But I remember it being, you know, a pretty big house. Yeah, I remember that as well. And that's what that's what my mother had said. She said that they had built, ended up building a big, nice house mm -hmm. where this other house used to sit. And yet it was vacant as well, and nobody would ever talk about why nobody could ever stay in this house. Right. So, of course, I don't know if that would mean that these entities or these demons are hanging out at that location. Now, if they had have hung out at that location, that's one thing, because as you remember talking to my mom, she believes that these de some of these demons actually followed her. Right, right. So as she got married before I was ever born, so she gets married moves to Silent Springs. That's one of the places she moved to and uh, lived in a little house downtown Siloam by the old police station. And she, she claimed that that house became haunted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Either it was haunted when she got there or whatever this was followed her. Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything she used to talk about that house? Uh, that particular house, I remember her talking about something <laughs> was in the closet, mm. like a blanket or a towel. I don't remember. There was something about that closet and that towel. I don't know if, uh, I, I think you and I have talked about it. If she had something in there, she threw away and then it would be folded and put back in that closet. 
And every time she tried to throw it away, the next day it'd be folded up in that closet. Uh, but that's what I remember about that house, something being in that closet. Yeah, I remember that too. It was it was either a curtain or a towel or something to the effect of that that they wanted to throw away that was something ugly and hideous. And so she pose and puts it outside. And within a day or two, it's back in the house, folded, put back up mm-hmm. on the shelf. And this has went on several times. And finally, of course, you'd have to you'd have to know my mom where she's like, oh, just forget it. I'll just mm-hmm. leave it there then. So she's like, OK, well, I've thrown it away three times. Here it is back right. three times, folded up. So I guess it's just going to stay here. We're just going to leave it in that closet. It's going to leave it in the closet. Right. Now, she also, I remember she said on that one, they would have that knocking. She said it's the same knocking that used to happen down at the spring, hmm. the endless knocking. Mm-hmm. She said that would go on on the side of the house all night long. Hmm. Different, not every night, but mm-hmm. it just it start that same knocking, that same repetitious Apparently, it was in some kind of either a rhythm or a repetition to where you recognize it. And she said that same right. knocking came back on that house. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like something knocking outside. Now, according to my dad, who keep in mind, he's in complete denial. You know, he, he doesn't believe anything here. He says, well, that knocking was nothing more than ducks pecking the side of the house and i'm like ducks pecking. <laughs> i mean surely you could have came up with something better than ducks pecking the house right? right i mean i mean when i hear knocking out here i'm like there's a couple of ducks out there pecking on the house i mean why would you think that <laughs> right you know i might think it's a bird but i don't know about a duck but anyway so she says it was the same pattern of knocking that happened down at the spring hmm. So if that's the case, that sounds like something possibly would have followed. Right. And I, I, I believe that. I believe if, you're, if you have those things happening to you, uh, because not similar, but things have happened to my parents. And throughout each house that they have lived in, uh, similar things have happened from house to house. So I do believe whatever it is, it follows you. Yeah. Well, now that, of course, coming up from that house, they then, let's say several years later, they moved over to a place by Sager Creek. And I was a baby then, or a baby, I was a young child then. And that house is the one where I saw Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. So I saw Bigfoot looking in the window. Of course, I've got a podcast on that. I was interviewed by Sasquatch Chronicles on that, and it's on my side, of course. So I, I basically saw Bigfoot was scared to death and that um provoked a lifelong thing scared for me of open windows of any kind mm-hmm. um so it was more than a dream and a lot of other bizarre stuff happened at that house which i discussed in the podcast like um doors being tore down and chickens being killed that kind of stuff mm-hmm. now when i told this story to a bigfoot guy he was like oh yeah that happens all the time with bigfoot sightings but I think I I think it was something more to do with something that followed my mother mm-hmm. than an actual Bigfoot. Right. If anything, I probably saw the ape man right. from way back when mm-hmm. looking in the window. And, of course, my mind, I see it as just hairy-looking creature. Mm-hmm. And so I think Bigfoot. And so I tell people this story, and they're like, oh, yeah, you saw Bigfoot. Right. Of course, I've, I've always believed that Bigfoot was demonic in nature. 
So it would make sense how come I saw it possibly because this is really probably something that followed my mother over right. from place to place to place. So then we can fast forward from there, um, go back to the house that I grew up in after that, which is out in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And this is the house that you're that you were in right. while she was telling you all this stuff. Yep. So it was my childhood house that I went from kindergarten all the way up to high school through. And so that house, of course, it had its fair share. Right. Now my dad built that house, so that didn't have, so there's no background on that house. Okay. My dad built it. Um, never was really fully finished, but weird things seem to happen in that house as well. As well. Mm-hmm. You probably remember some of that, don't you? Yep. I remember uh, talking about or her talking about a, a hairbrush picking off of one nightstand and flinging across the room. So I remember that. Um, for some reason, they had a stack of boards in the front yard. And I remember one of them, she said, come sailing through the back window. So there's a stack of wood out front and then a two by four from that stack comes flying through the back window. So somehow, and you know, you live there. Keep in mind, there's nobody around to run over there and grab a two by four and come and throw it through the window or else you'd be able to see them. I mean, there's plenty of distance around where they wouldn't be able to just run off without you noticing someone's running off from that house. Uh, and I remember your nephew and the dog always barking down the hallway or looking down the hallway and barking down the hallway, uh, thinking something's down the hall. Uh, your bedroom door always opening. I remember you talking about that, that uh, something to do with the bedroom door would always just open all the time by itself or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I remember the, uh, yeah, the dog that, that basically had a hallway there that goes down obviously to the bedrooms and stuff, there was no lights or anything in the hallway. You know, it had no, like my house here has a light in the hall. You can turn it on if you want. So there was, there was no lights in the hall at all. So it was a dark, it was a dark hallway at the very end of the hallway. It was, it was really dark up in the, by the ceiling, you know, back there. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, um, my nephew, when he was a baby would hold his arms up, like as if wanting to be picked up, Mm -hmm and walk back towards the end of the hallway, holding his arms up, looking up at that black corner. Hmm. And this is not one time. This is multiple times. And then the dog, of course, she had multiple little dogs in the house. Some of the different dogs, they would be running around minding their own business, and they would take off down that hall, and they would stop, and they would look up at that same area and start growling and then slowly back away from the hall Hmm. and run away from it. So it's like, I wonder what these children and these animals are seeing back mm-hmm. there in this hallway. Of course, that same back of the hallway was where my bedroom door was, of course. <laughs> right. So it's no wonder that it's open and closing and doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of that hallway, it's it was years later after I had moved out and we actually got married and briefly did not have any place to stay. So me and my new wife, okay, we move back into that house temporarily after, you know, back into that bedroom. And at one point in time, we were watching a movie sitting on the couch and the hallway would been to our right side off of our right side. And we're looking at the TV and a flash of light. It literally 
It was if somebody was standing at the end of the hallway, looking at us, sitting on the couch, and had a camera with a very bright flash. And it was a flash of light so bright that it got that little thing in your eyes where you can't see very well. Hmm. Not just on me, but on her as well. She was like, what in the world was that? I don't know. Hmm. And so we had, uh, you know, night blindness there for a little bit. Our vision was impaired from this flash of light that came from the hallway. Well, there is no lights in the hallway. So, you know, the first thing is, like, okay, you've got a light in there. Maybe a light bulb exploded, right. or maybe you've got a flash, even though it was off, which you never see happen. But you try to think of excuses of what could possibly have happened because there's no way it could be supernatural, right? It has to be a light bulb or something. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no light bulbs. There's nothing. So it's like, you know, I, I can't explain what this giant flash of light was that was blinding. But either way, it was uncomfortable, and we went ahead and watched the movie, I remember, but it was always in the back of your mind. is mm-hmm. like, what the heck is going on in that hallway? Mm. You know? And then at that particular time, um, she worked night shift and uh, would sleep during the day, and I worked days, and had a, she had a fan going in there all the time. And the fan would come unplugged quite a bit. Of course, you know, you could say, oh, well, the fan has vibrated and come unplugged. Mm -hmm. Well, thing is, the fan was close to the wall. There was a lot of play in the cord. The cord was not stretched tight. Mm -hmm. Cord fit in the plug stiff. You know, it plugs in good. It's just like any other appliance at your house that you have plugged in. How often do they just come unplugged when you're trying to use them? Mm -hmm. You know, you get your coffee maker plugged in. All of a sudden, oh, my coffee pot come unplugged on its own. That doesn't happen. So this fan would, she would wake up because the fan was off, turn on the light, and it was unplugged. Hmm. So it it unplugged itself somehow right. all the time. Well, that's a totally house. different uh, different podcast. But I was just telling my mom about a story that I have where a fan come unplugged. Hmm. Uh, well, I'll tell you quickly. I was in a in a room i was 18 years old i just moved in with my dad and it was super hot in this bedroom and i could feel something was in there with me i just knew something was in there it was dark it was nighttime so i and so i had a box fan blowing on me right next to me because it was so hot in the room well i i could feel something in there with me and i said if you're in here turn that fan off and right then that fan went all the way down (laughs) So I jumped up, ran, because the, the only light switches in the place were down this little hallway. So I ran down this hallway, flipped on that light, and went in there, and the fan was actually unplugged. It had come unplugged out of the wall. It wasn't turned off, but it had come un- unplugged out of the wall. Anyway, 18 years old, and that light was on all night long. <laughs> so. Well, now, that, that fan probably just accidentally <laughs> right. came unplugged. Right, when I mentioned do that it may be the same brand of fan (laughs) that we were using you know and they just randomly unplug they didn't have recalls back then or they'd recall it this uh, hunk of junk jumps out of your uh, (laughs) plug-in unplugs real fast (laughs) well yeah that's the first i've heard that but yeah we'll have to do a podcast on that but that's interesting Mm -hmm. so based on this stuff that i have heard all these years Um, That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, because I knew you had heard the same stories, kind of wanted to piece it all together and get it, you know, recorded before we both forget. Right. You know, and uh, 
of course, I I don't believe necessarily in ghosts. I believe I believe in demons. I believe in demonic activity, mm-hmm. um, biblically based type stuff. But what I think personally, for anybody that wants to know, I think what was happening is out in that whole area and in that house, there was somebody basically worshiping the devil. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you have to be doing with pentagrams. Mm-hmm. Pentagrams and burning these candles and Ouija boards is demonic in nature. I think they were probably doing something, worshiping the devil, um, something like that, some kind of rituals, and uh, it drew in some demons that mm-hmm. were just kind of hanging out. And then these demons are hanging out, and it maybe it's the same demon taping on, taking on different forms. Right. You know, maybe it's ten different ones hanging out out there. And so these kids are out there, and they're like, "Hey, this is the perfect place. We could we can really scare some people out here. We can just we can just go hog wild with these kids." And so that's exactly what they did. Right. And my mom and none of them that I know of now, maybe later in life she probably got saved. Maybe I don't know for sure. Before she died, I asked her if she was saved, and she said she was. And I tried to get her to repeat um, a sinner's prayer, kind of, just to kind of maybe verify it and hear it with my own ears. And she did, but you, you don't really know what somebody's heart is, you know. But she, uh, so I don't know that any of them were ever saved or anything. I think that they were all probably not at that time, for sure. And that's just like the perfect environment for something demonic to be able to scare you, attack you, cling on to you, you know, glom on to you and follow you around. I don't I don't know that a saved person really has a lot of those problems mm-hmm. necessarily. But I don't so I think they were demonic and I think some of these demons followed followed her through life. Mm-hmm. And I think probably had I not have got saved in my twenties I think that they probably would have tried to follow me around as well. Right. I think they'd have followed me right here. But ever since I, I basically got saved, I have not seen or heard or felt anything like mm-hmm. that. There's been there's been nothing ever bother me. Now, I know stuff happened in that house, mm-hmm. and that was probably before I was saved, though. And so everything that happened that I remember, you know, that I saw personally was way before I was so that's what I think. I think right. it's demonic in nature, and I think that if a person, um, you know, you're way more likely to get that stuff happen to you if you're out of the realm of safety. Right. When you start messing around with anything demonic, anything like that, then you're you're just opening yourself up to have that stuff happen. Yeah, I definitely think it was something from before they were in that house, and then uh, it was just in there. And then, like I said, as you get older, you focus on different things and don't worry about those things. Or, but anyway, yeah, I believe it came from a came from the past, from before she was in that house. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. Something whoever built the house, and because I know they didn't do it, they didn't know anything about the devil per se. They didn't know anything about pentagrams, you know. I mean, we know that now because we've got the internet and everything else. But back right. then, they had nothing. So, right. you know, you, you see this emblem, you're like, I don't know what that means. You have no idea. Right. Somebody knew what it meant because they carved it. Mm-hmm. So they must have had a book or something, you know, because it's way before the Internet. Mm-hmm. So right. book, magazine, something. So anyway, so they, yeah, that's a, those are some interesting stories right there. 
Yeah, it's fun. We uh, we definitely have some more we can add to it later on sometime. Yeah. Well, we need to get a list of that together and see what it is we could add on and uh, get it out there and see if somebody wants to hear it. All right. Yeah. Sounds well. That's good. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, as far as this podcast goes, I mean, if anybody out there, you know, if you have any questions or comments or, you know, if, if you wanted to get in touch with Tim, you know, you could, you could always, if he, if he's willing, you could always give me an email. You've got our email. Our email is truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. Give me an email, obviously reference Tim here and I'll, I'll forward it on to him. And, you know, if you're wanting to get in contact with him, but if you have any questions or comments, you know, you can get in touch with us there. And of course you can go to the website. It's kennywilliamson.com. Go check out the website and uh, you can link to this. You can get this podcast there, of course, for free. You can also get this podcast anywhere, you know, Stitcher, um, any, any place you listen to podcasts, it's available. So having said that, I mean, Tim, you have any, anything you'd like to share with anybody? No, but I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'd like to come back and, and share some more stories sometime. We'll do it. We will sure do it. All right. Well, thanks for uh, the interview. And if anybody wants to know anything, like I said, just get in contact with me. So thanks for listening and God bless.